Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. Once and for all, Jeep pickup is going to show you which automatic four-wheel drive pickup has the best traction. Normal automatic? Sure. Jeep pickup challenges Ford, Chevy, and Dodge to get off the logs. Jeep Quadratrack automatic four-wheel drive sends power to the wheels that have traction. The Jeep pickup's out of trouble. The other automatic four-wheel drives are... They're just spinning their wheels. There you go. Jeep Quadratrack gives the best traction in normal automatic, and that includes ice, sand, and mud of any automatic four-wheel drive pickup, period. That was 1979 when Jeep had pickups before they came back into the field in recent years with their Gladiator. And they were showing the benefits of four-wheel drive and particularly Jeep's patented Quadratrack system uh, for getting around stuff and how it was able to shift power around to the wheels to get traction and get out of trouble as opposed to the other ones back in that day, which were normal four-wheel drive vehicles that didn't have that privilege. Still sells though. From the electric, I'm sorry, from the electric industry magazine TND World, a California nonprofit electricity provider and its partners are creating a blueprint for other utilities to reduce overall grid strain. And this is topic A. Let me talk about this a minute. And maybe I want to direct this at the haters. I get a lot of comments through social media about how all these vehicles are going to strain the grid and how the grid barely can keep up with things as it is. And oh my God, all these new EVs are going to crash the grid. Oh my, what's going to happen? The industry's not prepared. Oh my goodness. This is from a trade publication in the electric industry that I'm reading from. Here's the headline. EVs as grid assets. If you've been listening to my program for any length of time, you have heard me quote a particular uh, pilot project that happened with Pacific Gas and Electric and BMW first generation i3 pure electric vehicles, about 100 of them. And this study probably happened about six, seven or more years ago, where they took 100 of these vehicles and with the right algorithms and logarithms, they directed to what they call bi- what we used to call bidirectional charging to where they could pull the power from these vehicles into the grid as needed in high demand times, typically first thing in the morning, say from about 7 to 9 o'clock in the morning, as people are getting up, turning on their stuff, coffee makers, offices are powering up, a lot of demand for electricity. The upside was that they were able to avoid having to put a power plant on what they call hot standby, meaning it was there to meet the demand and only there to meet the demand for those couple hours a day, but the ratepayers get to pay to have that thing available. And it gets real expensive because it's not always generating electricity. It's there in case. In that case, PG&E was able to supplant the need for that by pulling electricity from these vehicles, which were considered to be energy storage devices. That's what that's the piece most people are missing nowadays. The fact that every single EV fully charged is storing energy and that energy could be used back into the grid in such a way where it doesn't degrade the availability or the charging status of the vehicles, but provided needed power as required for uh, peaks in demand. This is what they're doing. They expect that by 2030, 
there will be 26 million EVs on U.S. roads. Let me put that in perspective for you. It sounds like a lot, right? It's not. Right now, private vehicles on U.S. highways and roads. Americans own 250 million private vehicles. So you're looking at roughly 10%. So I want to keep that in perspective for you. Because if you hear it independently, it sounds like a lot. It's not as much as you think. What they're talking about now is something called managed electric vehicle charging software. That would help turn assets, turn these into assets for the grid. Imagine 26 million fully charged vehicles available wherever, whenever to feed power back into the grid as needed. Here's how this works. We've talked a little bit about this, but this utility is actually doing this in real time right now. You have electric vehicles connected to your grid. Maybe within parameters for pricing, they call it a TOU, which is a, um, it's a pricing unit as uh, designed to encourage people to when to use or how to use the grid. Basically, you want to charge when both uh, clean energy is being generated and the cost is low, and you want to sell back into the grid when the need is high. They've got all kinds of software that they're working with to do that. Beyond installing more EV charging stations and working to lower the upfront cost to purchase clean vehicle, this particular utility knows firsthand that the key to unlocking greater synergy between EVs and the grid is incentivizing smart charging programs, which translates into a win-win-win for the electric utility industry, customers, and the grid. As a community-owned utility, this particular one's called MCE, offers customers 60 to 100% renewable electricity while investing in local clean energy programs. More than 1.5 million Bay Area homes that surround San Francisco and businesses participate in those programs that increase access to clean energy technologies and improve the quality of life while also progressing the global energy transition to meet climate goals. They, they launched its MCE Sync program two years ago as an opportunity to promote EV adoption in the Bay Area while simultaneously increasing the use of renewable energy and improving grid reliability. As part of the program, a free mobile app provides customers a hassle-free way to charge EVs during off-peak hours and save money without any special hardware. Here's something I learned in this article that I did not know. Because this is important, and they want to incentivize people to use both use electricity when they're generating it clean and using electricity when the cost is low. What they said, and I quote, the overnight hours when many customers charge tend to be some of the dirtiest times to consume electricity. The MCE Sync app seeks to address this by not only shifting load out of peak hours, but shifting on hours with high renewable energy generation. And what they're talking about is they have quite a few solar energy farms so obviously they want to do it when the sun is high but it's off peak when they're generating clean energy at a low price as opposed to at nighttime when they may be having something online coal natural gas or oil generating the electricity and that app and that software helps to incentivize uh, the transition to what they call time of use i said toc is tou 
rates in California, and this is viewed as one of the major pathways for reducing grid strain and increasing decarbonization. And I actually said that. I said that how this was going to work was going to be how the utility and the public um, regulators uh, viewed pricing electricity and to be incentivized to incentivize people and change their behaviors. In California, that's happening right now with great success. So there's a blueprint to reduce uh, grid strain. There's a blueprint to get people to use the grid and there's a blueprint to provide needed power back into the grid. It doesn't have to be a lose-lose when it could be a win-win. And that's what we're looking at going forward. And this is what we know right now. More is coming and it only gets better and better and better. This is the Tech Mobility Show. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. Welcome to AONmeetings.com, your next video conferencing and webinar platform. Host your next virtual meeting or your paid webinar with registration and secure file sharing, break rooms, classrooms, and much more. With over five levels of security to know that your data is safe and secure and 100% browser-based, keep in touch with family and friends using the newest meeting platform. Go to AONmeetings.com to start your free seven-day trial. That's AONmeetings.com to start your seven-day free trial.